0: Welcome to Graphic Policy Radio. This is your host, Elon Eleven, and this is a comics podcast, which today is venturing back to the world of Young Justice Phantoms, the DCU animated series HBO picked up, and we have covered the show before, season three, we've covered the first part of season four, and I'm excited to have the same awesome guests returning to talk about part two of Young Justice Phantoms. Because they did such a good job. When we talked about part one, I I just had to have them back. So to talk about part two of the cartoon series that we are all, well, certainly are watching. I don't want to presume everyone equally in the same headspace of excitement, but we're all still watching is Dr. Kaladin Nas. Kaladin is a writer and researcher with a PhD in media and culture studies from the University of Sussex. His work explores the realities of queer subjectivity, self-conception, otherness, and the intersection of culture and identity. Welcome back.
1: Hi. Uh, We recorded this right after the first episode, and it's all just conjecture and assumption.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. That totally sounds like something I would do, rather than recording it like a week plus after the season ended because we had an election that doesn't sound like me at all did i mention we had an election okay um i appreciate our listeners for being patient we had an election also joining me is nathaniel hubbard aka hub he is a podcaster and writer he's the co-host and producer of tighten up the defense a podcast where he and his brother cover teen titans and defenders comics in chronological order which is absolutely one of my comfort listens and it's fucking hilarious. And I've been on the show a couple times now, but I said this even before I was a guest and you should definitely listen to my episodes of it and also the show in general. I mean, actually, I think one of the episodes that we did would be good entry point episodes for people because they're not super in the continuity of, um, the, uh, of the comics series that folks might not have been following as detailed. Like their cover we covered Young Justice issue one and we covered um, In a Lonely Place of Dying, just kind of standalone stuff, right?
2: Yeah, that, I think that would be a great place for people to jump in. And uh, also just, you know, you were a delightful guest. So, oh, you know, I it, it would be like uh, you were holding their hand as they are submerged into the strange world of shit that comes out of my brain.
0: So that actually is had- how I got into the podcast is when Miles Stokes was a guest was a guest on it, and I just think I like lost my mind immediately at how good the show was. So
2: oh, shucks. Thank you.
0: <laughs> they are also the host of What the Duck, a podcast most foul, but with a W because he's a duck. That's the full name of the show. And Hub is a writer for Garden Plots with Skeletor, where he also plays Merman. He is, and this cannot be overstated, definitely a human man from Earth. Welcome back, Hub.
1: I'm-
2: glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, Excited to talk about this show. Definitely lots to talk about about it. And uh, oh, yes. Always nice to to, I started to say see, but uh, hear you guys. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one thing I'll say is I began our first episode about season four with us having a little bit of spoiler free reflection on whether or not people should watch the show and sort of they might like the show if but. This is us talking about part two of season four, and I think there's literally no reason whatsoever to have any kind of spoiler-free conversation. So if you are not watching this show and are trying to decide if you want to watch it, go back and listen to my episode where I covered you know, just the season four or part one, uh, and then make a decision. And then listen to that and watch it and then join us for this, because seriously, I, I, I don't know, if you've watched part one, you're going to probably watch part two. Is what I'm figuring. I think. So
1: are we in a uh, spoiler territory now?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. This is just. Connor lives. <laughs> I mean, we're not surprised, right?
1: No, <laughs> we've been waiting for it. i going to torture them a bit yeah. more.
0: Are we? Are we feeling good about it? That like, do you feel good about Connor being alive?
2: I am very mixed because I love Connor, so I was very happy to see him alive. Mm. At the same time, I do think it's somewhat undercuts the theme of acceptance of loss and grief and trauma that so many of the characters went through Mm -hmm. to have it be like, but he's okay. And (laughs) so are all of the other people in this season who died like this, this season did like totally psych me out. And I thought I, I, I was fooled when other people died in it. I knew that Connor was not dead. Although mm-hmm. I wasn't convinced he wasn't going to die at the end, but oh, like yeah
0: yeah 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 same.
2: The mm-hmm. other the other fake out deaths in it, each one of them got me to various extents.
1: Yeah, I I I, I hear that too. I I, I feel like the, the most shocking thing for me about the last episode, well not shocking, but the thing that like jarred me the most was how like everybody seemed to be like just super excited that Connor was here. I was like, well, I'd like a bit more trauma, just like the how hard not horrible, but like how sh- the shocking feeling that you would experience, you know, if you discover that someone that you mourned so much has resurrected, but like if you know that was left to go, and that, yeah, I guess i, I agree with you, Hub, in that way, in that um, it kind of felt like I don't know, yeah,
0: <laughs> it, I it- mean, I would say that you are correct that that is the theme of this show in this season, but mm-hmm. bad things do happen, like for example, Brionne. As much as I do think he'll probably get some amount of redemption later, like Brion and Brion and Halo, they they just were like, no, I'm not going to put up with your bullshit. Bye. So like there is loss in the sense that that relationship and, you know, generally the, the 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 team's feelings towards Brion are over. They're all kind of like, yep, that guy is a bad guy. We're not, we can't support him anymore. Um, I'm trying to think what else would constitute as a loss, but... That definitely, as I've been rewatching it, that stuck to me. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's that's hard. That was a hard thing that they had mm-hmm. to deal with, at least.
2: Yeah. Um. Right. But there is still almost like when that does happen, you're like, yeah, Halo's not going to put up with it with his shit anymore. And they've got a rad new girlfriend now. I so. know.
0: Yeah. It's like all for yeah. the better. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, things- things-
1: hmm. I think I think. The fact that maybe we're questioning whether there were any losses at the end of it. I mean, one big loss I I, I think would be the Fates. Uh, I guess the Council of the Fates. I, I don't know whether they have a team mm. name, uh, but the, you know they've given up parts of their lives to be able yes. to share the the helmet. Um, and I thought that was that that stayed as is something really poignant. I, I you know uh, they didn't play with it as much towards the later half of the season, but like I think that uh, brought up the theme in a really poignant and powerful way um i think but the fact that we're i suppose trying to parse out when it's meant to be one of the central themes i think maybe just at the end of it we would have the season might have benefited from just having sort of oh this was the big loss of the season you know Uh, Mm. just to sort of really hang a hat on that theme and move us into the next phase but at the same time I think. Yeah, but I think at the same time, watching it, I did get the sense that they weren't sure if they were going to get another season, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So um, they wanted to, like, keep some happy uh, endings uh, or just to create some happy endings just in case, even though at the end, sort of, they... I felt, it felt more like a pitch rather than a guarantee, uh, a pitch that I'm into. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think maybe that's uh, the tension that we were rubbing up against. But at the same time, there's... I do think there was a lot of really good things about the latter part of the season, even if... Uh, did it bring it all home for me in the end completely
0: i really enjoyed
2: i I absolutely agree and throughout the series i was definitely getting the impression Mm -hmm. oh this is the last season like there is almost like this frantic rush it felt like to put everything that they wanted to in yeah and be like oh no no Mm -hmm. we need to do this we need to do this And in some ways that felt a little bit hurried, but I was like, I want to see all of the things that Mm. you're putting in, but it felt a little bit disconnected. And then, I I don't know, like I said, I felt conflicted about, I wanted Connor to live. I didn't want any of these characters to die. So I was happy that they weren't. Mm. I just felt it undercut the theme a little bit. But overall, Mm. the ending I thought was really strong in terms of giving me those like, yeah, moments, you know, right, where, where you're I mean, just really excited. And then at the very end, like really the last two episodes were the first time where I even started thinking, oh, there might be another season. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the
0: um, ending with the wedding, it, this whole season and this part of the season has been super interested in Shakespeare. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense to end with a wedding because they're having their Shakespeare moment.
2: Oh, You're I not. thought I saw it as a golden girls moment. So I guess we but a- <laughs> explain that. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't even know about Golden Girls. Well, every but- sitcom has to end with a wedding and the <laughs> Golden Girls specifically, like the last episode, they they rushed into a wedding with Dorothy and uh Leslie Nielsen. So when a oh. season or a series potentially ends with a wedding, my first mm. go to is the Golden Girls because um uh, not as as classy as
0: <laughs> no really did love foragers reading shakespeare at each other long distance mm, it, was very sweet. Mm.
2: it was really um, sweet
0: and it felt more but, earned than some of the other literary stuff that they were you know in part one i was like no i believe it like this is very in line for what bug would be oh my god how cute was bug's graduation <laughs> speech that was so precious
2: <laughs> and, adorable like, it, like everything yeah. that forager did was was a goddamn delight and, and also, that, everything that Forager did was goddamn yes. delight. and I love Forager's relationship with Forager.
1: We have a Forager uh, yeah. Green lantern. I'm so excited! It's I just, so amazing. I, where is that spinoff? I just want to see that little weirdo do things, <laughs> save lives.
0: <laughs> they are. I like. I kind of when 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 Forager first was sort of developing mm-hmm. their relationship with Bioship last season But forger was like we don't have gender i felt a little bit bummed when the show was sort of like oh that's a female forger i was like why are you doing that but whatever we have an entire you know significant non-binary character who they've finally addressed on camera mm-hmm. is not just by whom by which i mean halo is not just non-binary because they are part mother box they are non-binary because they are non-binary so mm-hmm. I, I was chatting with a friend of mine frequent guest of the show b con who could not join us today to see how they felt about like The show's handling of Halo just talking about their identity in this particular episode, which sort of felt like a debrief. Like it really was a debrief. Um, Mm -hmm. And B's take on it was uh, how I feel about the pacing of that content this season is different, is a different writerly conversation. But Mm. all in all, I'm a fan of where Violet's character developed and their non binary identity feels more real. So that is to say, maybe it would have been better to not just happen in a debrief, but the specifics of what Violet conveyed were very well handled.
1: Yeah, Uh, just to sort of, since we're on Violet uh, for a second, I'd say that like the, um, in terms of pacing, I think it's interesting how the aspect of their Muslim identity um, Mm -hmm. was, I felt felt like that was paced kind of really beautifully in terms of like, Mm. we're at an exploratory stage now there's an interest and, you know, there's a relationship developing. And like, I thought that was handled very deftly. And I think the last episode I talked about how it seemed like the season, they're very much engaging with the reaction to how um, Islam and Violet and Halo was being portrayed, specifically with all the deaths that were happening and just sort of all those tropes that it was bringing up. But um, I feel like they've taken that note and Brought it to a space now where like, okay, let's actually think about what Halo's relationship to religion is, to faith is, and to uh, Violet's mother is, you know? And um, I thought the pacing of that, the fact that they just opted to go slow and um, take their time with it, I thought was just great. But yeah, I do see that point definitely in terms of their gender identity, which is also really interesting.
0: Like, if you're going to rush it and do it in a debrief, at least they said the right things, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I, I, I gotta say it. that's how I felt about a lot of the season. It, mm. I I liked everything that it was doing, but the pacing. There were a lot of moments where I was like, "Well, I like this after-school special, but it does <laughs> feel like an after-school special, kind of." Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that if another season
1: is coming, it does leave us in a state that I don't know. I, I I'm in, in interested into where they're gonna go because the one thing about Young Justice that I really love is that it seems like every arc ends with a clearing of the deck and we don't really necessarily mm. have it this season no. come, so like i do
0: Markovia is like a whole open thing like yeah. if they have another season they're gonna have to deal like marcovia
1: mm. right away and i hope they don't rush through that because it feels like they're trying mm. to do something um that could be interesting but also i don't know it looks like it could be really messy but complex especially with that scene that we got towards the end where they were um was it a, a scientist uh, that they were yeah. Um, harassing? Yeah, I thought... It was, and- there
0: was a, some government official. I'm not Yeah, sure some
1: exactly, government but, yeah. official because they were... Um, I mean, wrong terminology, but there, there, there were a family flatlines, which usually, you know, mm-hmm. I advocate the bullying of flatlines. But- yeah, but <laughs> flat scans. <laughs> flat scans, that's the one. That's the one. Goodness. Um, it's late. It's late in the UK. <laughs> it's okay. No problem. But, but yeah, and... Um, And, you know, it it seemed like they were going to do, I mean, it could get really messy, but it feels like, oh, that's rife with potential in terms of how you try and do this story, uh, especially coming off of Mars.
0: (laughs) It feels like they're really trying to do with Markovia. They're like really not leaning into queer metaphor at all. And it's Mm. interesting to me to see a world where they're dealing with superhero powers and In some ways, this is interesting because this sort of was like, hey, you know what? Marvel's kind of got this other take. We're going to do ours and Mm -hmm. it's going to be about fascism and strength. And that's kind of like that's giving us something fresh, at least. You know what I mean? And I would rather have something fresh than have like a poorly done queer metaphor part 500.
2: Mm -hmm. Well. Especially because they are at least making some efforts to have the queerness not just be a metaphor. And I feel like that always works way, way better. And even some of the representation that you do get in this series, which I really do appreciate, Mm -hmm. I wish it was maybe not done in subtext in some ways or with the caveat of like, like you said about Violet, yeah, they're non-binary, but they're also non-binary because they are mm. a mother box that is living in a human body. Like, there is there is still a science fiction, like, mm-hmm. possible explanation for it. And I, I think it is handled well, but I wish they had done it maybe with a different character who is just non-binary because yeah. they're non-binary. Yeah. Mm. They
0: just need to introduce, I- that just has to be one of the other characters, like, you know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I struggle because I
1: feel like, I, and I completely hear that critique, but the question that comes into my head, well, is that, is to think about like, well, is that sort of a trapping of the convention of the genre? The fact that we kind mm-hmm. of work in that superhero metaphor. And, but at the same time, I, I, I completely agree with you that it feels like, well, we, why are we just going halfway when we could just tell the stories that we want to tell and also have them be doing these fantastical things. But I wonder whether that's the sort of the trap that they're, might be finding themselves stuck in, not to guess mm. too much about the minds of them, but um yeah, I guess from No, I, just I appreciate... totally understand
2: what you're saying because like there are yeah. like all of the characters are Ooh. weird space aliens and monsters in different ways. <laughs> but yeah. when when you have that as your only version of the representation mm-hmm. of yeah. these characters, it it becomes a little bit dicier. And yeah. a- another version where you place in the series where I thought for the most part it was handled really, really well and then didn't quite stick the landing for me was with the subtextual uh, autism of Mm -hmm. Orion. I thought they handled the the metaphor of it really, really well until the very end of it, where it did start to, for me, veer into like inspiration porn almost, where Mm. Rocket's big takeaway from it is like, no, he's an even better hero because he can overcome this thing that is wrong with him rather than, I don't know, that th- it was viewed as something to be overcome rather than something to be understood, almost. Mm. And mm. that it was something that came in the context of his character specifically from the fact that his, he's genetically evil. You know, like like it was viewed as something that was a flaw in him that he needed to overcome. And I thought that muddied the metaphor a bit too much. And I I don't know that that was the only part of it that didn't work as well for me, because up until that point, I thought it had been handling it very, very well.
0: Okay, so Orion is extremely important to me. I have an Orion tattoo. I may be the only person who does. I. And one of the reasons why Orion, you know, as written by and created by Jack Kirby is so important to me, is that he's part of this um dynamic with Scott Free where, you know, Orion is the biological son of Darkseid who, after the age of like eight or so maybe, is raised by Highfather, and by the new gods, and in this nurturing and positive environment. Scott Free, aka Mr. Miracle, is genetically the son of Highfather and Avia, and from a very young age, like younger than that gets raised by, um, dark side in like the hell pits and oppressed. And, you know, Jack Kirby is there asking people, so is being a good person nature or is it nurture? And in this case, the way Kirby says very clear to people is anybody can be good. Anybody can be good. Biology is not destiny for the love of God. Uh, which is why, you know, I, uh, have a lot of problems with the Tom King, Mr. Miracle book. Uh, Because it's extremely important that the answer to the question of, is our good people like born or bred? The answer is you're a person and and we all have potential. Mm. But one of the reasons why Orion matters so much to me and the metaphor is that while Orion is a hero, he also very clearly in the text of the original comics struggles with his mood regulation. Like he is angry. He has a temper. He's Mm. brooding. And in the, not even subtext of the original story, it's not autism. Like he has like a mood disorder or maybe and possibly some kind of depression. But like and he struggles with it. And he like I he and he's a hero. And those are not at odds with each other. And in El Hub, I think you're right that there's a question of like, is this inspiration porn? But like to me, as a person who is Neuroatypical, and of course there's a huge like what the fuck does that mean there's like a million different things i will say i'm not autistic the fact that orion in the comic struggles with being quote-unquote a person who other people would enjoy being with Mm -hmm. uh, while still being a hero is like actually extra heroic to me versus Mm -hmm. just for people who it comes easily you know um and then in this series i wasn't sure if I would be okay with them having it be a different issue for Orion. And while I am I, I'm not like I said, I'm not autistic, I was like, oh, this totally works for me. <laughs> like why not? Like so long as there's something that makes him different, that is part of who he is, that other people would view as making it harder for him to be a hero. But that it's not that he overcomes it, although I can see all the text might say that. It's complicated. I, I hear you, Hub. It it yeah, really I- did work for me though.
2: I'm I'm glad it did. It for me it worked right up until Rocket's speech at the end where she learns her very <laughs> clear this is what the moral is moment and that <laughs> was the like that was just the moment where it fell apart which I was disappointed by because I really thought up until that point they were nailing it.
0: I did, um, I, I I really did like her saying. I like wrote it down in my quotes the fact that you fight against the darkness that seeks to consume you makes you more, not less, and makes you a hero in my eyes. And I'm like, that's like, regardless of, like, that That sounds like that's directed to someone with depression, specifically. And I was mm. just like, yes.
1: Mm. Thank you. Um. Well, just to pitch in, uh, I will, always. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, I am a child of Emma Frost, so I live in the gray. So I feel like I'm in between both of you <laughs> uh, in terms of my opinion. Um, I thought that that episode in particular, I guess I find myself aligned with Alana a bit in terms of like, I did find it really touching and I thought, oh, this feels like a significant episode within the season and that they put a lot of effort and uh, energy into it. And so the intention of it really um, appealed to me. At the same time, Hub, I do agree with you that I, I think that the way it ended up wrapping up in the end I guess felt a bit discordant with some of the messages that it, it, it might have been trying to incorporate throughout if that if that makes sense but I think that ultimately the intention is what wins me over but the question that I kind of find myself I found myself with in the end was I'm not sure if the intended audience for this episode is me uh, a person who is neuroatypical but also doesn't negotiate with autism uh yeah. only in so much as the people in my life who some do have autism mm-hmm. and live uh as autistic people um or is, is that intended for me that person or is it speaking more with how would my autistic friend react to no. this so that that is my question is I, I i kind of i guess i'd be more suspicious of like who did you intend this to be seen by and i wasn't sure leaving that up. I
0: I know a lot of people have been critical of stories that center the experience of autistic, of of parents who have autistic children Mm -hmm. over like what the, the kid who is autistic is experiencing themselves. And the whole thing with Rocket and Amistad, when it began, I was like, oh no, oh no. And so it was so good when they brought in an adult who was dealing with this and made it not just be about but I could also totally imagine somebody still being upset about it sort of centering Rocket's feelings in some ways. Yeah. That said, like I had such a moment near the end of the series when Orion says, like, we should in his wonderful frog-like voice. I mean, I I I would never have come up with that voice as the voice for him, but it totally works for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And his, his straight up frog monster voice is like, Rocket should help us in this fight because her force bubbles will be most formidable. I had this moment of being like <laughs> Do I ship them now? <laughs> do I care about this like man and woman like who are not in a relationship and who should be in one? Who even am I? This is not okay. like me. Make it stop. But like I do, kind of ship them. Maybe.
2: Oh my god! Well, I I loved the portrayal of Orion too. I thought Orion in this was great, and I loved the way the other new gods reacted to him and mm. were like, "Oh, you don't like Orion? Well, that seems like a you problem." With <laughs>
0: So true. (laughs) Which is interesting because in the comics, it's not just a you problem. In the comics, like he, like a lot of the other people are kind of like, I don't really want to hang out with this guy. Uh, Light Ray obviously does. (laughs) But like, you know, a lot of other, he doesn't have, he doesn't seem like he has a ton of friends in the comics. So I think it's cool. It was interesting to see this change.
1: I mean, I hope that uh, Black Canary has been up there, you know, helping them all get along. I think that's really the source of it. That's why they're all getting along well. You know, so she's not doing it with Young Justice. She's really leaving them behind. That. There I'm you go. <laughs> I'm glad at the end of the season she was like, you know, I should probably do my job.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. she Her therapy approach is just not. <laughs> not if therapy works. I don't. I can't speak to her handling of the group meeting, but like her individual therapy, me- it's just like that's not that therapy works. I just want to see some up?
1: accreditations. Yeah, you know, where's her website? You know, I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just, just want to know what the experience is, and then, then I'll, I'll let her wink we-
0: <laughs> well I will say I was very glad that you know Beast Boy was like, it's not just that he has a, a feelings dog or, or a, <laughs> whatever. Um, he's on his meds. I'm like. Thank you. It is important to me that you mention that you're taking psychiatric medication. Applause. Okay. Let, I, I gotta say,
1: did anyone like his heart like get struck with just a tinge of fear when they mentioned finding a place for all the heroes to heal? Uh, oh, just yeah. I just brought to my mind a recent story that I was like, I don't, I don't know if, we, if we're ready to fix this yet. Give us some time. <laughs> Please yes, let me breathe. I'm caring. Yeah. <laughs> let me breathe. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll trust Young Justice. Maybe they'll
0: yeah, it could be true. Like they could fix Tom. Like Tom King's idea at its heart is not a bad one. It's just that he mm-hmm. Tom Kinged it. So like maybe somebody else. Did that job. <laughs> Sorry, fans. <laughs> Sorry, John Arminio in particular. I know you like love that shit, but um, yeah, it's um. Oh, just to sort of put a footnote on the on the Kirby piece, though. I, as someone who's like obsessed with the Fourth World, I never thought I would see such a beautifully rendered. Portrayal of New Genesis as we got. And then in this season, just the view of Supertown. I like yeah. look at the tattoo on my arm of Supertown and I look at Supertown on the screen and I'm like, that's Supertown. But they like <laughs> kept so much of Jack Kirby's art, but made it work in this medium. Mm-hmm. And I just respect the hell out of that visually. It's fucking amazing i never Ooh, thought yeah. it be something like and that
2: not just jack kirby either like like looking at that i was just like oh fuck did mike royer ink this episode <laughs> like mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. Th- how does that even work it, it yeah no i loved all of the portrayals of super mm-hmm. uh the new genesis parts for my the difficulties that i did have with really just that one part of that one episode um I thought overall it was handled really, really well. And yeah, it was just exciting for me to see new Genesis. It was fun. Yeah, and it feels like whenever they're really dealing with a curvy sort of
1: world, they're really like, you could feel them having a lot of fun just making Mm -hmm. these worlds. And uh, also, speaking of just visuals, you reminded me of that little... Infomercial scene in Brienne's country. Do you, yeah, uh, do you remember the scene? Yeah, I was just so excited. I was like, oh, I really want them to like play around with style. I mean, you've got magic. Ch- enter new worlds. You know, do mm. something a bit different. I mean, they seem to like really have fun with their. So it'd be cool Let's see if it works. But yeah, I just wanted to yeah, shout, that that cool. little, <laughs> shout out that little shout uh, out that little old school uh, cartoon style. And yeah, one yep. of the things. Go ahead.
0: You know when we finished. when i finished covering young justice um the first issue of young justice comic uh for hub's show i started as the hub apparently as well a rewatch of the entire young justice series and i was like (laughs) super vibing on the whole series really enjoying it you know my my partner was a little bit like oh why are the earlier seasons better than what's happening now and i was like you're wrong i will fight you i mean i see what you mean (laughs) but no but then later on if folks are following me online, you may have observed this. Uh, I became, I've become completely obsessed with Our Flag Means Death. That's like the only thing mm-hmm. in my brain now, mm-hmm. other than like <laughs> politics. And, um, and I, at a certain point in the season was like, especially during my rewatch, I was like, I would much rather be watching Our Flag Means Death. The show is fine, but I want to watch mm-hmm. Our Flag Means Death. And in the rewatch, the one time that I wasn't like, should i just be rewatching our flag stefers am mind you guys i don't rewatch shows like this like this ah. is not normal uh the one time i was like actually this is really great was the new genesis stuff so like again mm. to me that was just mm. like really really stood out so please please don't take this as super critique i enjoyed this season it's just like all flavors pale in comparison to my <laughs> brainworm obsession now but like whatever um <laughs>
2: I can you know, totally I, understand yeah. that our flag death is fucking great. Um, I, I will say also this season in particular, I would be very curious to see another season because this season, as much as I did like a lot of aspects of it and loved certain aspects of it, mm-hmm. it did feel disjointed in a way that makes sense mm-hmm. given both the structure of the show and I think the workarounds that they had to do in the making of the show due to COVID protocols and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it, it, I I think they did a really good job with some of the workarounds, but it did still have kind of a choppy feel where every other season, I think, has felt like its own series. And this season felt like, in terms of comic books, more like a big summer event crossover. That had a bunch of different mini series that Mm. loosely connected to one another. And that's accurate. Yeah. I I liked it, but there were times in which they didn't quite match up as well as I wish they did. And like I said, like the, I think a lot of that was intentional. And then some of it was workarounds where you had like the PowerPoint presentation episodes that I liked more than I expected to, but still just seemed a little bit off. If there is another them, season,
0: you called them uh, powerpoints in a pocket dimension, which is just—I I will never forget that phrase. You love it.
2: Well, I mean that's what they were, and I liked them, and and I was like, yeah. oh, I'll just yeah sit sit down and hear this uh hear hear this little TED talk about the history of Atlantis. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if there is another season i would be curious as to which aspects of this season they would want to replicate like mm. would they want to do another thing where it's like a bunch of mini series or would it have more of a central story tying everything together i mean i'd hope it i'd hope it would be a central story cuz that really is where young justice
1: excels is just that yeah. just letting its plot go uh you know and just like keeping us within that story. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It feels like a lot of the season was retooled uh, to try and, like, deal with the issues probably that were involved in its production, which I guess is making me uh, more sympathetic, uh, not want to be as critical. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, this is a TV show that we all love, so you only talk critically about things you love. That's true. Um, so, I mean, I feel, I, I, I don't feel like um, we all want this show to have another season because, you yes. know, the highs of this show are, like, so amazingly high and this season itself did have some tremendous highs and some great moments that you know um reminds us of its peaks but um this was did this come across as a bit of an experimental season and mm. while like i appreciate it um i think you know next season just like do what you want to do <laughs> you know if you want to experiment some more sure because i do trust these writers to have some good ideas but like maybe this experiment didn't work out as much as you could uh as it could have and. um I'm still interested in this world and this character, and I still kind of trust their story instincts. You know, here, I want to see what they do.
2: Yeah, and apparently, yeah. like, the the later half of the season got really, really strong num- mm. like viewing numbers, so hopefully they will be given more carte blanche to, like, do what they have to do in terms of budget, and, mm. you know, maybe there'll be less, uh, like like I said, very clever workarounds in terms of PowerPoint presentations and Oh, nobody's lips are moving because they all use telepathy here. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: But like, you know, looking at the earlier seasons and looking at this one, like, well, when you think hard, you can see the, the, the workarounds. The animation is more beautiful now mm. than in the early seasons. Like when I look at Ms. Marvel's lips in season one, I'm like, ah, what is this? Some Hanna-Barbera <laughs> shit? So. You know, even with the reduced money, the aesthetics have developed. And can we just say all of when I when the, when they first started showing Poseidoness in this part of the season, I was like, oh, that's where the animation budget went. The animation yeah. budget went to Poseidoness. It paid off.
1: I, I'd say that final fight scene with Zod. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, it feels like that they were saving great. a lot of their money just to be like, we're going to give them this moment.
0: I mean, can we just say? Fish people thruple. What a time to be alive. They're in an animated show that is it's like what is it, like ages seven and up or something. And fish this is why we're people, here.
1: This is why fish, we're here.
0: Yes, fish people thruple. A friend of mine and I started chanting this at each other at an event recently. He was like, I tried to get I tried to get Mallory to watch this with me on account of the fish people. And I came <laughs> this close because she, like, never watches cartoons. And I was like, you see, like, there's a big audience for people from the Fish People Thrupple. is definitely the coolest point, you know?
2: Well, and then it was, like, presented without preamble or workaround or right. anything. It was just like, yes. my husband and also, or my wife and also my husband. I was like, oh. Yes. I right. was so happy. Like, oh, my God.
0: The mm. Fish People Thrupple is having a baby. And, like, nobody's being weird about it.
1: It also, it feels like is that kind of like seemingly more of the norm down there, down there, down under. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love that yeah. for them. <laughs> I love that. I too kind for us. of
0: wonder, right? Like, I, you know, I hadn't, I did not think about this the first time I saw it, but in my rewatch, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm forgetting her name, delphice, I was sort of like so Delphes officially moved in with, um, uh, with I Calder. Was- and I was curious now? about
2: that too. Like, and is she supposed to be Dolphin from the comic books?
0: You tell me, man.
2: <laughs> I I think maybe and that would actually make sense for her character. Um and just like I yeah, I would I would love to see them be part of a Thruple too if you, know, if, you know, if that's what they want. It was cool um, that they
0: brought her back like, you know, we uh, you know, another like Indian um superhero, you know. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to see her back. It was cool.
2: I was delighted by so many of the weird cameos and like silver age name drops that we got Mm -hmm. in atlantis like seeing topo like who in the comic (laughs) books was aquaman's octopus pal who he taught to like play the drums and the trumpet and seeing him recontextualize his different character was really fun seeing lori lamaris like and seeing her be a fucking badass oh i know I loved all of that stuff. I think maybe my favorite like Silver Age Aquaman thing that we saw in this was a return to the people of Atlantis being fucking capricious, fickle idiots who are like, we love Aquaman. Wait, (laughs) a guy with a shiny hat. We love guy with a shiny hat. Fuck you, Aquaman.
0: (laughs) All their political system is trash. (laughs) completely trash. And, like, Uh, I can't believe we're expected to just not be like, you need to stop,
2: guys. This is what happens when you live in a world that's governed only by kings and queens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I did like that Aquaman hot potatoed the throne over to Mara, though, at the end. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm tired of these fucking idiots. Your turn. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, well, you know,
0: I I had to... Maybe in the rewatch, I really was like, this show is super invested in like Mira being this leader and this badass Mm -hmm. and seeing that happen in the show. While we know that the external DCU is getting rid of, is getting rid of Mira because Mm -hmm. they're sexist and they've decided that Amber head is a liability. Mm -hmm. It feels like really pointed. Yeah. It's not intended because I don't think that like the tabloid attack on Amber head Mm -hmm. was so thorough when the show was being written, but now watching it in retrospect, seeing a show that's like Mira's great. And let's have more of her,
2: and expand
0: mm-hmm. her, juxtaposed with the acting situation where they're like, we're going to kowtow to the worst people in the world, actually, and mm-hmm. do less with. Them. It's
1: really striking.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think whether it was intended or not, it did feel intentional.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, I and just to sort of go back to praising the show as we should be. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think what's. Um, I think we've mentioned before is what's really great about the show is how willing they are to just make a statement to do something um, that not many others, especially within the D.C. Uh, EU or D.C. just world or whatever, um, not willing to just make sort of a grand statement of just like, OK, so this is our opinions and these are our thoughts. But um, just to double back a little bit to um, when you mentioned delphi is that right? Is that her name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. When you mentioned Delphi's, one thing about the show that I also want to take a moment to really just think about is how they sort of do, did develop this habit of introducing a character that seems like a cameo that like seasons later, we get a rocket episode and a rocket arc, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is something about the show that I really, really do appreciate. So anytime I see like any of these smaller characters that you mentioned, I feel like, oh, they're seeding them in because I know eventually they'll be, they'll have an idea where they're like, okay, this, this person going to take over four episodes of a season. and That excites me. Um yeah, and so totally uh, I yeah, I leave every season. Like I remember last time, uh, how I believe you said that you really were not excited about the Mary Marvel thing that was happening. Um uh, mm-hmm. but like I'm I'm sorry, she's gonna team up with Kara. And just, yeah, like, no, no,
2: I'm all in. Like I'm I all was in. wrong about a bunch of shit last episode. I was very clearly, I appreciate you guys not bringing it up, but I was way <laughs> off base about my weird conspiracy theory about beast boy actually being (laughs) chameleon lad like (laughs) i said i was gonna let you breathe i'm gonna let you breathe i I appreciate that i had to throw away all of my red yarn and the pictures (laughs) that were connecting
0: (laughs) well dick got all your red yarn right like or i guess it wasn't (laughs) did did dick make the bar there wasn't Zatanna, but someone else had your red yarn
2: (laughs) i'm pretty sure that was dick i i gotta say when when zatanna made her big statement that's like oh we don't If he's still alive, then we don't need a magician. We need a detective. I think because I had watched the Atlantis episodes and seen so many Silver Age cameos, I was so fucking stoked to see Detective Chimp. I
0: knew you were about to say (laughs) that.
2: And I I was like, okay, I'm happy to see Dick. I love the way Dick Grayson is portrayed in this episode. But he's no detective chimp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. Although, speaking of things Hub loves, I almost died from laughing when I realized that the Kaiser thrall was Danny fucking Chase.
2: Yeah. So they did a thing in this series that I didn't know could be done, which is make two of the characters that I was most sympathetic towards Beast Boy and Danny fucking chase. <laughs> like, I really liked this Danny fucking chase. And I don't know how much of the heavy lifting was done by just giving him an accent. Because oh, was like, wow. yeah, poor kid. He is reminds a small me child. of Sam Guthrie. And he's <laughs> oh. he's been beaten up by Darkseid, basically, and then shoved in a box. And and like when I thought that uh Megan's <laughs> brother had killed him, I was just like, No, don't kill Danny Chase. <laughs> and, and I had to like slap myself after that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wait, 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 did I just say <laughs> don't kill Danny Chase? That's the opposite of what I normally think. <laughs> that poor robot kid. Oh, I felt oh, bad yeah. for him.
1: <laughs> See, I'm coming in as the as as a relative newbie to a lot of dc lore i know some uh i know the big marquee stuff but then I, was sure. like, I don't know who this kid is he seems cute i did find the tragedy um i'm dark-sided so i found the tragedy kind of funny uh <laughs> he just got stuck <laughs> in a computer i was like that is so demented uh i love you for thinking of that Whoever thought of that uh, mm. <laughs> so i was into it i was like i hope this kid stays this creeps me out with, like his magic computer box magic <laughs>
2: Yeah, so so in in the comic books, Danny Chase is a character who I had heard nothing but terrible things about. And so decided going into seeing him in show up in the New Teen Titans, I was gonna be on this kid's side. Okay. And then he showed up and he was like the epitome of late season cast addition character like the cousin oliver (laughs) who is just such a cynical appeal to like this is what kids like right Mm -hmm. we'll make him soup the most powerful telepath and telekinetic (laughs) person in the world and he'll be sassy and he's Mm -hmm. a super spy and he's like a smarmy little fuck this is what you kids like right (laughs) and he's the fucking worst hey it
1: worked for damian wayne (laughs) <laughs> Ooh. oh i said it come Ooh. for me it's not a l s o no i'm sorry no, um, <laughs> no i like I mean, david
0: okay i was just like but like <laughs> uh, yeah like danny chase i mean i i was so glad that I, I i'm only aware of the character on account of tighten up the defense and i just lost my shit at how funny that was <laughs> like and nobody punched anybody in the dick. So I don't know. It
1: was, yeah. Worst <laughs> thing could, yeah, could happen. Danny and could happen.
0: Oh no. Um. <laughs>
1: Oh, speaking of dark things, I did wanna—I did wanna gauge uh, what your opinions are when um M- Megan was told to unleash her full power. Did anybody like just feel a, a chill run up their spine when that was the s- <laughs> the suggested?
2: Give it to her. I was like, that's a bad idea. I know why it's said, but no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like if there are more seasons, I feel like they do kind of need to address and have it be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that type of thing. <laughs> hmm. She killed her brother or wanted to. <laughs> well, well I wanted to kill her brother, too. <laughs> <laughs> he did were, either, have...
0: were either of you guys viewers of the Green Lantern animated
1: series? No, I've never seen it. I it's was the one know. I haven't.
0: So. I have only seen a few episodes of it, but I saw enough of it to know when they had that episode where Razor just showed up, I was like, Oh God, it's the, it's the red lantern from Mm -hmm. the green lantern show that was canceled. People were really bummed about that show being canceled. A lot of people really liked it. I didn't really get into it because it was 3d animation. And I just think 3d animation is fucking heinous.
1: Yeah. That's Um, what turned me up as well.
0: Mm hmm. But, um, people were so excited that Razor showed up in this. And I just, I'm so happy for the fans for whom Mm. that was really meaningful. Like, I'm so happy for you guys, even though it didn't mean anything to me. But I will say (laughs) when, um, when, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know this character, but I know this means something. I don't know,
1: but I love that for you. (laughs) I love that
0: for you. But um, what he said that was like so funny that was like, when he's like, you know, he's getting the red lantern ring and the blue lantern ring together, and he's like, I am equal parts hope and rage. Like, there was literally like, my husband looked at me, I looked at me, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and he's, Franklin's like, yep, ultimate, you know, political <laughs> organizer there. Like, i like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I guess I do care about this character now, huh? Um, but yeah, that was like, I just like feel like that's now going to be my signature file for any emails I send from work. Like yours in solidarity, Ilana quote, I am equal parts hope and rage quote. <laughs> like, quote razor, some, some red lantern or something from some show.
2: <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> so the part of the show that I felt was made just for me was when uh-huh. they were in the phantom zone and they mm-hmm. start singing the house of Zod song <laughs> <laughs> and All I could think was, wait, are they doing the music, man? (laughs) Because it sounds so much like the cash for the merchandise, cash for the (laughs) barrel, cash for the truck. I was like, oh, man. And it is because, like, okay, okay. So I did actually say to myself, oh, my God, they're doing that because. Superboy doesn't know the territory and it's different from before and then i was like okay wait no i'm high and then i i I just need to go to bed now but i did get very very excited for the idea of an all phantom zone production of the music man that i thought might be happening
0: i uh know just enough about that musical to find that funny um i the, the the whole like chanting thing i was like Oh, this is this is all about fascism, and they're just going to straight mm. up be like, "I was, I would thought that was a cool. I mean, that's the only interest. I think that's the only way to really make Zod interesting. But I also think that's
1: probably the point of Zod in the first place. Um, I feel like you need to make him gay to be interesting. Everybody's mm. more interesting when they're gay.
0: That's also true. <laughs> um, I have to say, the show did a good, such a good job of making lore completely fucking evil and like just aggravating that like. I, I'm entertained by the fact that nobody took time to be thirsty about him because I'm like, we hate you well, too much they, to care that you're handsome. They tried just their don't. best.
2: They, they gave him the Killmonger haircut and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No.
0: They, they, no. And they, I, I I don't know that they were trying to do that. I feel like it's a statement of the like, we can make him hot and you'll still dislike <laughs> it. I'm like, yeah, that's good writing. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, like, he was. He was like people the... are bad. <laughs> like,
2: he was like, the, despite his hotness, he also raised some pretty good points, but he was still Ooh. just like, like about the Phantom <laughs> Zone thing. Yeah, no, you can't just keep like, he's a prison abolitionist. Prison.
0: Yeah, But not good unlike, point. not unlike in Black Panther, he's mm. not the only, Killmonger and Lore are not the only people who are calling out the problem of the prison system. There are other people who are not bad guys who are also saying. That the mm-hmm. prison system
2: is fucked, right? No, Lor Lor Zod. I think though he 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 fits the archetype of like killmonger, and then also like well, there's a ton of characters, but the one that always leaps to mind for me is the like uh, the old bald guy from uh, Night of the Living Dead, where it's like you're not wrong, but you are an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I I just yeah, I I was I, I was surprised at which like the the extent to which it's like. Yeah, you're raising honestly valid points, and I don't care because you're an asshole.
1: Mm. What is Zod's partner called? Their name is slip Ursa? Name Ursa? Ursa. Ursa. Ursa's yeah, like
0: Yeah, like just like from the movies or whatever. Yeah.
1: I will say and, and like, that out of, I will say out oh, of yeah. all of this, um, out emerged a green clad goddess who is <laughs> maniacal and ready to fuck some shit up and her for her i am thankful
0: <laughs> when i saw her i thought Colleen is going to be really excited about yeah me. i was oh say, like you <laughs>
2: like emma frost and you like that character that's weird look yeah
1: i i like to combat as many stereotypes as i can but sometimes i just gotta let some things ride out you know
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah.
1: her. I will say, I was, I did, I did feel the need to have an issue with the fact that the made not black and then oh. <laughs> killed him. And I was like, should I? And then I was like, no, I'm just gonna let them have this one because they gave me her sex. <laughs> I'm kidding. <Okay>. I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I'm, not, I'm speaking about it. I'm like, oh.
1: no, I don't think I there's mean, any deeper meaning there. I feel like I think they were just trying to do something interesting, bring up some of those themes in terms of uh, like you were talking about. Uh, I mean, prison. so you don't think that they're
0: black because it's a prison system critique? Like- no, no,
1: that's exactly why I think it is. I think exactly oh, why okay. you're right. I feel like I could make a, I could, if I, if, no, I don't want to, but I guess I could sort of make a point about like, um, how, how do I feel like whether that was effective overall? But I think that, um, you know, it it's a choice that they made and that's fine overall. I feel like they, that's how they wanted to bring up that theme. And I was like, okay, I get it. Um, it did lead to watching more black bodies get hurt and harmed on screen. uh, Which is something I just feel like I need to note in terms of like, just so, in case it becomes something that's recurring, because it's also like a critique Mm -hmm. that I had for the last season. uh, Just saying brown bodies, uh, you know, uh, suffer trauma. Um, And if that's how we're ending our season again, you know, that's fine. Because I feel ultimately it's fine because we, not fine, but like we also got Rocket in a really heroic role and she's a Mm -hmm. black woman. And, you know, she was instrumental to the final fight as well. Um mm-hmm. but, you know, um if if the A plot is about um the Jesus the Jesus metaphor who was Superman and mm-hmm. all the white Christian connotations associated with that, and then we have that being paralleled in the return of Connor and that story, and you know, all those things. Um uh, I feel like you're working with murky territory that you know I think it's worth just like acknowledging. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, the other big Jesus thing was the whole Tomari death, right?
2: Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. man, and that—that that was the moment where it was like Lars, Lars, Larsad is just like, oh no, definitely fuck this kid into the womb, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. that. When he's like, "Hey, I knew your dad." That's <laughs> <And> fair enough. <laughs> was that, that was his like Morris Day from from uh, from Purple Rain moment, where he comes mm. into the dressing room and was like, "Hey, kid, how's the family?" Oh, <laughs> that's so. Oh, <laughs> uh, Morris Day.
0: <laughs> he fought Moon Knight in a, in a Declan Shelby Warren Ellis issue of Moon Knight.
2: Really? Just,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think it was one of theirs, but yeah. Check
2: really out the didn't.
0: Moon Knight episode of my podcast, guys, for more <laughs> about that time that Morris Day fought Moon Knight. Anyway, wow. um, he exists on both worlds then.
2: He's a cultural universal. Is he, he Amalgam? come on give us another one let's
1: see what i'm completely off topic but would you just like to see what an amalgam these days would look like just with uh (laughs) i want to see what. actually i'd like to see what the contract for it (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) one thing about the ending with that is i was not super invested in the question of what was that smear on the wall in the cavern where superboy died but then when we saw that it was lore, I was like, oh, that's actually really <laughs> smart. Um, because I, I feel like my appreciation of how the mystery of the mystery structure of the series mm. didn't really settle in until my second until my rewatch. Um it was funny though, when when um the whole thing with Metron ends up saving Rocket, uh it's a Machina X do, if you will. <laughs>
2: oh, Metron did I honestly like that—that that part of my brain, I think, just got turned off at that point because I remembered <laughs> it as Rocket just being like, "I'll explain why I'm not dead later," and then to me, her story ended there. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> no! <laughs> like, it was strange. okay. It connected, it connected right back to the thing with Metron. I mean, gotcha. It—it d- it didn't do it in a way that felt like it was hurting her agency or her heroism at all, mm. as I saw it. But yeah, it was connected back to the whole thing with Metron. I thought Metron was so good in this also. And I have lots of Metron feelings. Mm. Um, but Metron just showing up, be like, motherfuckers, were going. No, I'm not explaining things to you. Keep moving. And just being <laughs> like a dick the whole time. And then when Metron got tortured, you know, I, I've always said in the Diamond Dogs, New Gods mashup that exists in my mind of my favorite things, <laughs> Metron is obviously played by David Bowie. So I was kind of like, please <laughs> stop torturing David Bowie. Um, but that's literally an Ilana headcanon that is, Probably not something anybody working on the show had in mind. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, what go, do we think of yeah.
1: potential of them returning back as evil? As like the primary dark side Ooh. is just sort of like the Metron. Oh, because like dark, because like it <laughs> felt like you know that's a thing that might happen, and like I gotta say, I've never been the biggest sort of dark side. Fan. So
2: the fact that no. like he's always in the background, I, I mean, I have no strong feelings. Really, the whole but he's
0: point he's always of, in the background. I just saw cool. someone else.
2: I <laughs> was like, just disappointed yeah. that he didn't sit in any easy chairs. Easy chairs. This. I know. <laughs> because the that's my favorite thing that he does. Yeah, the <laughs> whole
0: point of Darkside is to be in the background and sit in a and sit in a living room and be terrifying yeah. <laughs> because he symbolizes the, the potential mundanuity of evil and fascism. I'm sure they're going to do something. Him and Vandal Savage, they mm-hmm. they keep kind of being in and around it in a way that when they finally get to do it, I feel like it's going to really pay off.
1: Yeah, um, maybe I just need like a new person to emerge as like a shadowy figure that's also in the background that we've not really thought about now yet. Mm-hmm. Just sort of to add maybe a, a third head to that track, like, whatever. But
0: speaking of the prison metaphors, like the whole thing with the Orm clone where they were like, oh yeah, no, this whole prison thing's been bad. Oh, and especially because you weren't supposed to be here. But like, any Orm clone feelings or Orm feelings more broadly?
2: Um, that was the part of... Uh, I felt really similar to the Atlantis arc to the way that I felt about the opening uh, Mars arc, where it's like there is so much really interesting anthropology that you're trying to cover here. And then you have put this murder mystery, political intrigue thing on top of it Mm -hmm. that is making it a little bit hard for me to follow because I don't really care about that part as much. I just want to hang out in this place. You know? I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> I appreciate the world building and I, I like it, but it's like I, I I don't care about the mystery that you're solving. I just want to hang out with these characters. And you made the mystery, I think, maybe a little bit too complicated mm. for the amount of time that we are spending here.
0: And there were so many little bits and pieces of political handles and the Poseidonist stuff that could have been grabbed mm. and had been expanded on that I'm kind of bummed Nunavish Arc or whatever, who's clearly the asshole is very clearly, our waters are warming, and we must take more territory because our waters are warming, and it's the service dwellers and I'm like, yes, get our asses about climate change <laughs> you know we deserve that, yeah, and yeah. then you have the and you then you have the you know the whole political fight of like your political system is trash, and then you had your brother in jail for forever, and you weren't even trying to process that was, i think I did think so it
2: was interesting that they gave like they they seem to be like focusing on different characters for different arcs. And for the Aqualad arc, like, his problem was, oh, Aqualad has job interview flaws. Like, the, what's wrong with this character? He works too hard and he tr- he cares too much. And he tries <laughs> too hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
1: I did feel like a, lo- a, a large part of the cast that we're really familiar with was just sort of sidelined. I think that's also maybe a product of... Like we were talking about, the way that the season is structured into mm-hmm. seeming like four different parts. So just some people just disappeared for a while and I really missed them. I missed them being part of the ongoing story. I feel like we ended up leaving a lot of character moments, which is the show, what the show really does well, behind because we didn't have enough time with those people. And in its place, I think, speaking about that specific story arc, I just kept finding myself thinking, well, this is entertaining, but I kind of wish we were going back to another person whose story I'm more interested in, or mm-hmm. that this one was really deeply tied to the other stories that mm-hmm. I'm really interested in.
2: So it could bring up the themes that it's trying to do rather than trying to make him exist as separate from it. Yeah, it, we, it felt almost like a pilot for an Aquaman show that yes. was like, at the end, they're like, oh, and uh, we'll tie it into this. Like, mm, right. uh, And then there's a Column of Flame. Remember Columns of Flame? Mm. Um, <laughs> they're, they're part of this, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah i don't know I, I i did
2: i did like i i i feel like i i'm nitpicking here and there there are nits that i'm picking but i did like the show oh um, for sure
0: no we we kid because we love yeah. what did you guys think of the intervention scene with like the failed intervention scene <laughs> with beast boy i um the you know the voice actor that they used for robot man was another good example of that was not the voice i would have gone to but god did they make the right choice
1: do you know what I mean?
0: They, mm. And having all the foley noises clicking when he was talking was so fucking hilarious to me. They're just like fooling and robot noises of gears turning <laughs> while he speaks. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I don't know. What do folks think about the intervention scene? I like that it failed because they that's what they do. They fail. I, I, I liked what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I liked oh, that it failed and <laughs> I,
2: I liked it in the same way that I liked that Gar was gaming the system at mm-hmm. the end with Black Canary where where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, no, he he knows the lingo. He he sees what you're trying to do. And I, I appreciated that they didn't make it so Pat. Um The weird thing for me about the intervention scene and Robot Man in particular was wait. Doom Patrol happened in this universe, too? When? (laughs) Like, there's not time for a Doom Patrol, given Gar's new timeline. (laughs) And, like, heaping, like, like, just like, oh, and also, when you weren't paying attention, I guess, between seasons when he was, I don't know, let's say 11, he joined and formed a different super team that all Mm. died. Like, it's, it, I, I felt like it's playing with the having access to all of the comic book continuity, but deciding that it isn't really part of it until you decide that it is again. Mm-hmm. That I, I think DC does a lot in general with their constant universe reboots. Yeah. But that in this show, I felt like they had been fairly consistent about not doing that as much. And I was like, they're, they're, I'm sorry, but I love Duke Patrol there was not time to have a Doom Patrol there. Oh. <laughs> I just don't see when they could have formed a team and all sacrificed themselves already. I know, right?
1: Yeah. And who wasn't a team?
2: Like, what is the
1: constitution of this Doom Patrol? <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. There better be <laughs> a, a draft <laughs> I mean, I guess it could have been like the late 70s Doom Patrol. Yeah. Like, because there was like a whole new team at that time that robot man was on Mm. that lasted like three episodes that was before the 80s reboot so maybe it was that team that he (laughs) joined and and they all died i'd like to talk about what is the state of gar
1: now like these four where 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 is is he okay do we he's not okay right like he's still he's lying right (laughs) Mm. i'd like him to be lying oh i do no
0: I don't think he's lying. He's not like, quote unquote, better. Maybe I'm like projecting or something, but he's taking his meds. So he's like making an effort to be better. Yeah. So at least I'm not thinking he's better, but like he's not faking it like he was it, doing before.
2: It must be. I, I would. I wish there was maybe like a little bit more addressing of the idea of like, wait, I went through all this stuff and now Superboy's mm-hmm. back. Like, see the pendulum swing the other way where he's yeah. just like, and soon Wally will come back and then my mom mm-hmm. will come back. You, you know, oh. like yeah mania take it like uh really explore that idea and and it would make sense like for him to do that just where it's like wait all of these people like in in just the last two issues of this like Superboy was dead and then he wasn't dick grayson was dead and then he wasn't rocket was dead and then she Mm -hmm. wasn't danny chase was dead and then he wasn't (laughs) like maybe all of these other people aren't dead too or maybe that makes him double down on his like now, I really am actually literally mad at them for being dead because why don't they come back if it's so goddamn yeah. easy? Like, see, I say I'd like it to, I'd like
1: him to be faking it just because I feel like, um, given the great disproven theory of Hub of 2022, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my, you're going to need to be a lot more. Specific. <laughs> <laughs> the great beast theory. Um, <laughs> the great beast. Uh, oh, shit. It's um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I would. T- because you were, uh, cause you mentioned also about that uh, earlier scene of the failed interde- intervention and the way that Gar was like gaming Black Canary and gaming <laughs> them and trying to like find an inn. And I think thinking about that in the context of him as an actor, as a performer, as like this child mm. star wow. and this appeasing figure, I think that that's, the, that, that's where I take the story is uh, to have that last moment really seem like, oh, we're heading towards uh, something better, but actually show what depression is like, which is peaks and valleys and what morning is really like. And like you mentioned also how the, the just the, the the trauma of having what you thought was happening no longer happening, and then just trying to understand and deal with that. I think there's some really interesting potential. And um, like I said, given your disproven theory, um, <laughs> now mm-hmm. we find ourselves in a situation where like, okay, so if we go back and rewatch the season and just focus on Beast Boy, we end up having this really, I mean, we talk about how so many of the things about the season, uh, unfortunately, very quickly paced with Gar, it felt like, okay, this is the journey that he is on this season. And he doesn't necessarily, it felt like he wouldn't necessarily come out of it at the end, uh, mm. like uh, completely like better and resolved. It felt like um, this is, that this this darkness is an element of this, this character in a really important and profound way that they have to now learn to come to terms to. And I'd really like them to commit to showing us uh, that with this character. Because, you know, I think amongst all the storylines and all the um, uh, amazing and interesting sort of paths that this show t- has taken, I think that is, one thing that maybe they haven't done as mm. explicitly and fully yet. And I think
2: there's just a great opportunity. My new conspiracy theory is mm. that his Corgi is really Desad.
0: <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh, well, the
2: Corgi no. is really Beast Boy and the Beast Boy.
1: <laughs> oh no. It's all reversed. Name a shapeshifter. That's who it is. <laughs> oh
0: my god, you guys <laughs> are the worst. Um Look, here's the thing. I think that gar they're not saying that gar is like all better they're saying that mm-hmm. gar is in making a genuine attempt at recovery and like doing trying to do better like to mm-hmm. me the implication is like he has an emotional support animal he's taking his meds like they're not like everything's fine now he's like we're like he's taking steps to improve yeah. his situation and that doesn't mean that like he's still going to suffer from he still suffers from depression he still suffers from trauma It's just that yeah. he's like approaching it mm-hmm. in a way that's not completely self-destructive Sure. I would be fine with him having like backpedaling and, you know, like his ups, peaks and valleys and better or worse or whatever. But I do, mm-hmm. I do take it on face value that he's at a place right now where like he's at least put, he's putting in an effort
1: mm-hmm. towards
0: healing and towards mm-hmm. putting in an effort towards being in a better situation rather than just lying yeah. about it.
2: Yeah. Well, Fair you mentioned, you mentioned uh name another shapeshifter that, <laughs> that could be associated with Gar. There was related to shapeshifters what was I'm pretty sure supposed to be like a like record scratch moment where we find out that the planet that Megan's brother gets is Mm -hmm. Durla and it makes the name and it's supposed to be really ominous. Did that name mean anything to you guys? Wasn't Mm -hmm. it the name that was
1: mentioned earlier that episode about like, oh, no, did I make that up? I'm probably They're
0: thinking of tonight <laughs> dan- or whatever.
1: Okay. For some reason, I took it as okay. like,
2: oh, so he wound up the planet that's going to end up ruining the world. And so time loop stuff. I, 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 I just wasn't sure. It's it just like they dropped it with such like a like clunk, like Durla, get it? And I had to look it up. That is the planet that Chameleon Boy comes from. So it turns oh. out that his, his people are going to evolve or turn into the Chameleon Boy people. Um, oh wow! eventually, which I thought was kind of interesting, but like, I, I I'm a pretty big comic book buff, and I needed my handheld <laughs> held through that way more than they were giving uh, me.
0: Wow, yeah, if even Hub doesn't know, I don't know, man. Well, I guess my question my, would be about the time travel stuff, like I know that I, for one, am too gay to understand time travel, as it sounds from their cast. So, like, what did folks make of the time travel plot lines and per- are we all too gay to understand time travel? I just, it's. I am willing to accept that also.
1: I come out I, as too gay to understand time travel too. <laughs> 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 but I will say I, I would have liked more um, sort of hidden Easter eggs. Like at the, uh, I would have liked that at the start of the season of things to be like, to, to catch on a rewatch. Um, mm. I think that would have been a bit more fun. Uh, but um, yeah, those are my general impressions about the
2: time travel plot. they're always difficult right (laughs) yeah i feel like the time there wasn't any time travel stuff that like stood out at me as particularly glaring there wasn't anything in the time travel thing that like pissed me off or Mm -hmm. was like that is totally inconsistent that wouldn't have worked that way it's just the general noise that time travel makes in a story in my head all the time Mm -hmm. which is just like I don't know, the song that mice play when they're building a robot in an old cartoon. (laughs) Like, Like, okay, there's time travel happening. Good enough. (laughs) Damn it,
0: now I need to know the name of that. Like, this is going to kill me that I can't remember the name of that piece of music.
2: (laughs) I I looked it up. It was a guy who was a a composer in the 20s and 30s who wrote a lot of stuff for cartoons. I really Um, love you. I I love you, Hub, for looking that up i love that we look that up i really do I, I had it stuck in my head when we were i was on a road trip with my you wife are, you are truly my people like i i understand you so deep thank you i i'm, I'm so angry at myself right now for not remembering who it was to... i uh
0: boy i um i liked that the Saturn girl a chameleon lad had let and and Kid and new, you know, and new kid flash impulse, Mm. what have you, had they had like about a one minute of total badass trying to save themselves from the when Lore showed up on the plane. And Lore wins in the end, but I appreciated that the show took a minute to like have them not go down like a chop. Like they did not have to gotta Mm -hmm. be a sucker, as they would say on (laughs) Titan the Defense. Like they actually did come really close to not to to like winning that fight and not getting and not getting kidnapped. Mm-hmm. They came really close.
1: <laughs> they did. I like those kids. Also, we got to see Brainiac, little Braini. Then it's is mm-hmm. Braini, right? Mm-hmm. I, just, I always love a nice Brainiac. <laughs> it always takes me back. I'm like, oh, you're you're my little uh, alien, my first alien crush. <laughs>
0: oh, from the, um, the Teen Titans show? Or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Brainiac. <laughs> anyway, Aww. as you work. <laughs> That's sweet. I love Um, I love a smart person. I love I love a head. I love a head. I mean, yeah.
0: (laughs) Smart people. Pretty cool. What can I say?
1: Is Megan going to go evil next year? (laughs) That is the Uh, the eternal question. Is it happening now or later?
0: (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if the show doesn't kind of sort of move away from her character now because she's been such a big protagonist for so long. Oh my I could God. see them deciding that with their huge expanding cast, like she's had her story yeah. arc. Let's like, I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to make her be pregnant or whatever. Or like, frankly, like, I think it it's just, awesome that rocket is yeah. a mom and is kicking ass, well, by the way. And a single so, mom with like, you know, a good co-parent husband for obviously, but like, yeah, I, I could see her going away to be honest.
1: I hope they find a way to like, uh, you know, I want someone to like really put in the effort to try and continue making like a married comic couple interesting you know mm. and mm. I, so i'd like them to stay the focus right yeah um for some reason when you were talking about that the first thing that popped in my head I was like oh they bought her sister over to replace her that sucks, <laughs> that sucks oh. for Megan. Oh. <laughs> the young uh they brought the young uh
2: billy to like uh, replace her i was like no Megan deserves better even if she doesn't What's her sister's <laughs> Earth name again? Because in my mind it was just Jenny Jones, and I know that's a different person. Avery? Is that Avery? Am I making that up? Someone else is there. Well,
0: I don't remember her name, but she's Princess Bubblegum from Adventure Time. That's who's oh. also a, a girl scientist. I just I, I talked about this before, but I'll never stop. I love that they cast the voice actress who plays a girl scientist in another show to be the girl
2: scientist in this show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you were talking about Megan turning evil, I think if they do that, they will have to give her a bird-themed code name, because <laughs> when you have incredibly tele- powerful telepaths who turn evil and threaten the universe, you got to give them a bird code name. <laughs> Dark Tell Phoenix, Raven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like, that is how, you know, you are dealing with a mm, maybe women shouldn't be so powerful storyline. Mm, yeah. Uh, how about the Scarlet Phoenix?
1: Time to try to ruffle some feathers. I know y'all listening. <laughs> Nerds. <No. laughs> I say that mm. I'm among.
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously. Um, I guess at questions, guys, you know, I thought bringing in the Infinitors as opposed to Infinity Inc., what, for Markovia was kind of a cool touch. I, I, I like. I'm looking forward to seeing where that. I, goes. I think Infinity mm-hmm.
2: Inc. did call themselves Infinitors. Like, I think that oh. was their what they called themselves. Like Be as cool. a team. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought I thought that was that was an interesting touch. I'm curious as to what's going on in Markovia. It feels very familiar, like in mm-hmm. terms of like Genosha. But every time I think I know where like this show is going in terms of stuff, they do at least put interesting twists on it. Mm-hmm. So I I would be curious. Like I no,
1: I was go just ahead. gonna say that. Um, and I will say that La, we've been kept so far away from Marcobia and Brian this season that it was. Um, I didn't remember how I really like left feeling about him as just a character, and I I, I felt like oh seeing that scene with Halo felt really welcome. Um, and I also really like Rosa Furiosa. Furiosa. Oh yeah, name? she's wonderful. That? Yeah, I'm excited to see what 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 role she's going to take on in this uh, arc that's coming up, and I really hope it's big because she just seems I, fun.
0: I, I was not familiar with the character at all before, mm-hmm. and she's I, Fury, I really right? like her.
1: Like, yeah. say well, like something about her um, gave me new gods. Like, I feel like she's part mm. of the Kirby. World. Oh yeah, she looks like she
0: that be might a just be Fury. the female
2: Furies. Yeah. like you know, yeah.
0: So, but yeah, but I agree. Like she's super I cool. I, lo- I love her. She's huge. She has a big evil glove and she just yeah. shows up to Ryan and was like, I think people are fucking with you and you could probably use an ally. Let's go. To-. Just being right up front there. She's wonderful.
2: Oh yeah. God. And of
0: course he's dealing with that mind manipulator guy who do you, did you guys watch Eon Flux back in the day or at I any didn't. point in time?
2: I did, but I don't remember. Like I watched <laughs> okay. it as part of the like liquid television thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, not, Eon, not its own I'm like show. A,
0: i'm like i haven't I haven't revisited the show but eon flux i fucking loved that show yeah and the ambassador who's clearly using some kind of powers to mind fuck um brion and everyone else in mm. he encounters totally was just pure trevor goodchild vibes and even the character mm. design i'm like this is, This has to be but the voice i mean he has a different accent because trevor goodchild has like a british accent in the show versus in this he's got this like latvia i mean basically i i they're, everybody's speaking Latvian, by the way, is basically what Markovian mm. is. Um, mm. Different accent, but like, the voice is very similar and the look is the similar. They're both these who view themselves as benevolent dictators very much. And yeah. it's going to be interesting.
2: I There's, wonder if they, if they are doing Infinity, I wonder if like he's going to end up being like Brainwave Jr. or something, you know? Oh. Huh. I, I, know nothing I that, about was, that was the guy In- who was evil who did mind control. <laughs> or, <was he? laughs> okay. I don't even know if he was evil. He was. He started off as a hero and then he turned evil because... If you do mind control then you end up being evil, which makes sense. I will yep. dispute that theory, but go on. <laughs>
0: oh right. I'm a I am fan. now
2: instantly convinced. That's weird. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Uh, watch 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 your step. Uh, watch step. I, I will
1: watch I my keep, step. I didn't want to keep threatening <laughs> you this episode. I'm sorry. I'm not a violent person.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for joining me. I no, this has really been a pleasure.
1: Can I ask the final question? Mm -hmm. So what are both of your hopes for next season?
0: I mean, I really, I want to see what's happening with Markovia because I think it has potential to be a a good Mm -hmm. and useful metaphor for fascism and the appeal Mm -hmm. of fascism particularly to men who might find themselves in an emotional time of crisis. I mean, think about it. Like Connor fell for the fascism because he also was mm-hmm. in this like emotional crisis. Right. Um, and then the other piece of it is Mary Marvel and power girl. They better yes. have sparks flying and being awesome and mm. being evil and,
1: I'm, I'm excited. so excited for Kara. I just, I just, I just want to know what that. Oh, I'm just excited. I'm ready. That was like a twist
2: for me. I was like, that was oh, mm-hmm. did not see that one coming. I'm ready. I'm ready. And and we saw Big Barda in the background in that scene too. <laughs> and so I I want to see more Big Barda. Um, oh, yes. I want to see. You know, I don't think three is enough. I think we need eight Aquaman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I. I I honestly want to see more about like the the magic team that's taken over Doctor Fate, and mm. you know maybe a few more uh, pocket dimension PowerPoint presentations. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree there. I
1: I'd like Cheshire back. Uh, oh. I'd want to see her in the mix again, and um I want to see the sisters. I thought that was one of the strongest stories. I felt like that's what I, I like really have a memory of. So I'd like um Artemis and Cheshire. And uh, I forget her name, of that badass um, person that ended up going away with
2: Cheshire to that comment thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, amazing man's granddaughter, right? Yes, yes. Onyx. <laughs> Onyx, who's on Onyx. your mood board. Okay. That was one, on one, one of your moments head. was like,
0: Onyx, <laughs> you want her on your mood board. I,
1: I have her face in my head. But I, I, for, <laughs> I've, I forgot her name, but I, I know her heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Onyx. Um, I want Onyx back. I think she just, just what we saw of her, what all we saw of her was really cool. Uh, Rosa, I think, is interesting, in Markovia, like I said. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting potentials for next season. So uh, I can't say anything other than I'm really, really, really excited.
0: Thank you. I mean, this has been a pleasure, you guys. Like, the whole time I'm watching the show and kind of being like, but our flag means death, I got to also hold <laughs> out. But I get to talk with my friends about how this and you guys are such a delight. So thank you for joining thank me again. You. Tell our listeners where they can keep up with your work, Khalidin.
1: You can find me on Twitter at AlsoPurp, A-L-S-O-P-U-R-P, and on my website, which is
2: www.AlsoPurple.com.
0: Fabulous. And Hub, remind our folks where they can keep up with you.
2: Uh, My podcast is called Tighten Up the Defense. Uh, My Patreon-only podcast, if you donate to Tighten Up the Defense, is called what the Duck, a podcast most foul, but with a W Cause he's a duck. That's the full name of the show. Uh and the show that I write where I play Merman, who has a voice like this, which is really <laughs> fun to talk in. Is uh Garden Plots <laughs> with Skeletor. And season three of that should be coming up pretty soon. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's and if you can't find me in any of those places, just look inside your heart. I'll be there. <laughs> I always have been.
0: Aw. And um as for me, I'm on Twitter a little bit too much at E L A N A underscore Brooklyn. That's Ilana underscore Brooklyn. Uh for the Marvel folks in the room, get ready. We will be having um much more Marveliness. Uh I know you guys probably don't even trust or believe me that I could do <laughs> that anymore, but I have amazing guests lined up for talking about Ms. Marvel. We'll be talking about it at the end of the season. Um, And I'm putting together my episode for Thor 4, and as we like to say, keep it geeky.